Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Fires of the Dead, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Rob. Ah, it's me. Hello, I'm Rob Hayes, uh, author of, um, we'll go with this one, uh, Along the Razor's Edge. One of my faves. Lovely. Uh, Michael R. Fletcher. Hey, I'm Michael R. Fletcher, author of books, co-writer of Neurosco Groans with that guy there, Clayton. Dirk Ashton? I'm Clayton. Um, I'm Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy, and I don't know any of these people. We're all strangers. We actually kidnapped Dirk for this recording, so I hope you guys appreciate him. And we are joined today by special guest Clayton Snyder. Clayton, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, I'm Clayton Snyder. I'm uh, author of Demons, Inc. and a slew of other books and co-writer of uh, Neuralska Drones. Yes, so this episode uh, will be a really cool one. We've been meaning to have, have you on for a while, Clayton, to talk about the co-writing process. Because, um, yeah, we have, have not talked about co-writing before. Um, for listeners who aren't aware, uh, Norielska Groans was co-written by you and Michael Fletcher. Um, and seems to be doing quite well. So do you want to maybe kick off by just talking a little bit about... Um, oh, actually, before we get into that, I've got some Patreon shout-outs that I just remembered. Um, so... Thank you to our new patrons, Dylan and John, for helping support the show. Very much appreciate it. Um, for the rest of you listening, if you want to help support us on Patreon and get access to cool bonuses like advanced reader copies of our books for free before they come out, um, go to patreon.com forward slash wizards warriors words. Link is also in the show notes. Um, is that like a polite way of saying if you're not supporting us, fuck off? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks, Mike. I love this good cop, bad cop routine we've got going here. Very effective. Very effective. <laughs> um, yeah, no, <laughs> no, we do appreciate all our patrons. And yeah, if you're not listening, that's cool. We know that everyone doesn't have obviously the finances to support it, but if you do want to support it, it does help us out and you do get some cool rewards. So thanks to the guys who are on it. Um, 
So yeah, Mike and Clayton, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the book that you've co-written together? What's it about? Clayton, yeah. would you like to uh, launch into this? Oh, every time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dump it on you. <laughs> so uh, Norilska Groans is a um, <coughs> Grim, Grimdark Noir. Uh, it is uh, it is about the, these two people, uh, uh, Gendy Antonov, who is uh, uh, he is a ex-soldier. He's just kind of trying to make his way through the world. He's got a family on the way. Um, and he's, he's uh, at the start of the book, he loses his, his job and he, he starts looking for other work and he ends up uh, with, with this, uh, this kind of crime family that, that uh, there are several families that run the, the city more or less. And then on the flip side of that is Katyushka uh, Leonova. And she is uh, from a disgraced family. She's, she's, she's trying to better her, her position in life with her fiance. And so she takes a job in the police force. And she ends up uh, basically being volunteered for a job she wasn't expecting. And, and the rest of the book is just kind of how these two lives collide. Mike, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, I, I, that was a pretty succinct uh, nice. description. It's uh, yeah, it's two sort of, uh, we started with two very distinct storylines, completely hmm. separated, and then basically train wrecked them. <laughs> well, that's what, I, that's what I'd love to is it, talk is about. Is it like a bit of a, uh, a, a Russian setting? There's like the, the mm. title, like it, it sounds quite Russian to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically uh, Russia circa 1910, uh, nice. but with some very strange magic. Is it is it steampunkish? Is it steampunkish technology wise or just magic-y? Uh, I mean, it's steampunk in that uh, Russia circa 1910 was pretty damn close to steampunk i guess <laughs> but it's not actually a steampunk novel no, no so can you talk to us a little bit about the magic system in it if that doesn't give away any any spoilers uh, you're the guest <laughs> so i'm gonna keep throwing shit at you <laughs> here <laughs> so the magic system uh, without spoiling too much uh, is basically uh, there there are these people called Vinif vinificum and what they can do is, is take memories and personality traits from one person, implant them into a stone, and then that stone is able to be worn by anyone, and they pick up those traits. Interesting. Um, Ooh, that's yeah. weird. And the idea is, um, so when you, uh, so it's personality traits and, and or memories, um, and anything that's sort of taken and put in the stone, you are missing. So say you're a particularly brave person. Vinificum mm. uh, could uh, harvest your bravery, store it in stone. Yeah. You are now a coward, but if somebody else picks up that stone, they have access to your bravery. Wow. And so any personality trait, and there are literally hundreds of personality traits, can be taken from one person, stored in stone to be used by another. And then same with memories. <sighs> uh, if you're, any memory created while you're touching the stone is stored in the stone. So the second you put that stone down, it's gone. Wow. Whatever you've been doing all day while you were touching that stone, wearing it on a necklace, whatever, it's gone from you. Somebody else comes along, picks up that stone. They can remember everything that you did. They have access to all your, all the memories created during that time. Oh, do they also, are those cumulative of the person before and the person before and the person? Yeah. Before? So if a whole bunch of different people have been touching the same stone, there is okay. just a mad chaos of memories. 
which is cool. like personality breakdowns, sort of internal psychological yeah. warfare. It uh, it gets pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh my How about gosh. skills? What if you're like Rob and you're like a wushu master? <laughs> somebody takes those away from him and puts them in a rock. And so shoves, and shoves yeah. it, it shoves it up your ass. Right. Wish you master. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we actually did. Uh, I don't know. If I mean, this is a clay. Or... This is a clay Snyder Mike Fletcher <laughs> book. Come on. Right. As far as I know, there are no anal bead stones. So <laughs> <laughs> that would seem as far as, as you know. Disappointed in you too. But yeah, uh, skill stones are a thing um, oh, because okay. muscle, muscle muscle memory is is definitely you know it's it's part of a something that that gets stored in your brain whether you realize it or not. So it's it's a reflex and it's it's cool. yeah. one of those things that it's but it's more it's not something the Kievian uh, <clears throat> the Kievian oh I can't say that word <laughs> would would actually use um, more so the Alton Ordu. So yeah, sort of different different countries uh, or empires kind of have their own spin on this uh, stone magic. Hmm. Uh, the Alton Ordu, they call it stone sorcery, and they kind of use it a little differently than the Kievans do. And so the very same magic, same basic principles, but you can kind of spin them different ways. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, just to give them all different flavors. I got to say, I'm so jealous of you guys for coming up with that magic system because that sounds awesome. <laughs> I wish I'd thought about that. It first. is. We're, we're, yeah. we're awesome. You we're guys are awesome. Awesome. Uh, Was it very much a collaborative effort coming up with magic system? Like, mm. did you just sort of like spitball it between yourselves or did one of you sort of come up with the bare bones of it and the other one just sort of expand or? I, I think 90% of it was Mike. And then uh, if there was a way for, for me to break the rules, that that's what I did. So... Yeah, he took sort of like my my skeletal idea and then started like going like, yeah, but what if someone does this? Nice. And it was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So like the uh, stun sticks, uh, which is basically a, a memory stone, a, a malfunctioning memory stone on the end of a cudgel. And you fucking whack someone with it. Oh, cool. And it just kind of <laughs> sucks out like the last 30 seconds or so of their memories when oh, it nice. hits them. And they, they're like, what? What's going on? Oh, fuck. Am I in a fight? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> That is so that, really that, cool. that stuff was uh was Clayton was basically fucking with my uh that's a awesome. beautiful thing that I made. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk a bit about the the beginnings of this process. So who reached out to who? Like, what was the initial discussions like? Kind of leading to this? Um, yeah, just what was the origin story of of this collaboration? I'm bo- I'm boggled by the idea of actually two people writing co-writing truly co-writing just mm. I, I just don't get how it works <laughs> so uh mike mike approached me um <clears throat> really close to this time last year mm. i think it was and uh and basically said he had a terrible idea and wondered if i'd be interested in it. <laughs> of course <laughs> of course i don't really turn down terrible ideas so um we, we got started. We really just kind of took a month, I think it was, and, and spitballed ideas and, and threw things at the wall until something stuck. And then once we started, we laid out uh, the long form of the plot. We each took a character. And then as we went, we wrote, we would write three, three chapters each. And then we would go back and edit each other's chapters. Um, 
you know, so you flip. Of, so these these are checkerboarded. These are flip flops. So Mike could do three. You do three. Mike could do three. Or I'll, are you I'll, both? Are you both writing the exact same three chapters? Well, it would be three chapters of, of the same character. Yeah. So so I would write uh, Gendi, and he would write Katyushka, and then we would co continue on that course. So, uh, but we would stop every three chapters just to edit and then make sure we were on track for the plot. If not, we, we would adjust to where we needed and then just go forward with the next three. But so, one of you would have to go first though, right? Yeah, I, it was, it wasn't really much of a debate because we wanted to start the book with a kind of a gut punch. So I think, and we, we decided Gendy's chapter, his first chapter should have been the first, the first chapter of the book, but. Okay. So like Mike wrote that chapter, then gave it to you. So then you did a little rewrites and wrote your character's perspective. Well, and then it, it goes back and forth like that. Initially, the, the two stories kind of started separate enough yeah. that there wasn't a lot of interaction. Like when, okay. okay. well, there's no interaction between the characters because you're both, you're, we're getting two storylines going, right? Okay. So at first it was like, uh, by chapter six, we're going to have something where there's some interaction. At that point, we need to be synced up better. Mm -hmm. But yeah. like, it was like, he'd write for three of Jen's cap uh, chapters. I'd write three cats. Uh, I'd edit his, he'd edit mine. We'd sort of make suggestions back and forth, uh, you know, and, until we got close to the point where the, the characters were going to start colliding. Um, we were very much sort of separate. Um, still like working on like plotting stuff together um, with an idea as to where we needed to be by whatever chapter, you know. Um, but it wasn't until it got tight, like 70, 80% of the way through when the storylines started um, sort of running into each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like the last, the last 20% was we kind of had to stop a lot more often and go like, okay, where, where are we at? How yeah. are we going to end this? You know, how do we, how do we sort of like work out the final denouement? Who's going to, who's surviving? Are, are we killing everybody? Like who gets to kill off which character? Yeah. <laughs> did you guys, did you guys use, um, did you guys use like live Google docs? So you could like actually look at what the other person was writing at any time. No, we just used uh, uh, Word Online, so we we had all of our documents were in a shared folder. But okay. yeah. this is so fascinating to me. It's just like such a cool discovery writing process in the sense of like you don't know what the other person's going to do for the three chapters, and then you're like, oh, that totally changes what my character is going to have to do, and it feels way more organic and like it really. It feels like this is the way that any story with two protagonists should be written. Because like then they're both truly exploring their own. That little uh, that little kids game. You ever you played that kids game where you drew like the head and then the next person drew like the shoulders and the next person drew the body and you couldn't like look at what the other person was drawing and then you'd sort of like unfurl the paper <laughs> right at the end and you'd have this mismatch of like seventeen different styles of, yeah. of character drawn or whatever. That's that's oh. the real skill grounds right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put that on the front cover and that's your artwork. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's. That's really interesting. So were there were there times where what you were reading from the other person was dramatically changing your understanding of this world or your understanding of where the story needed to go next? Uh, yeah, I think there were a couple times when when 
you know, I would, I would read something in Mike's and, and leave a comment like, holy shit. Or he would same thing, you know, where we, where we just kind of had these revelations while we were writing that this is what needs to happen, or this is, this is so damn cool. I need to incorporate it, that sort of thing. Hmm. So. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, we had, I, I lost track of how many endings, you know, I think we started like chapter one, we were like, okay, this is how the book's going to end. Then, you know, six chapters in, we're like, oh shit, that was cool. Okay, I was wrong. That's not how the book's going to end. <laughs> it's going to end like this now. We're like, okay, we keep going. Maybe like, you know what? That was really cool what you just did there. That, but it changes how we got to end the book now. And I think it was maybe, yeah, I don't know, like four chapters or so from the end where we actually kind of went, oh, click. That's how it's going to end. Got it. Then it's like, how the fuck do we get there? <laughs> <laughs> in four chapters as well. Because you normally, Mike, you normally like to have a very strong idea of the ending before you begin, right? Yeah, I usually, I almost always sort of know the last scene. I have like a, the last, the final scene in my head before I start writing. I don't necessarily know how, to, how I'm going to get there, but this was one of those cases where I just, I had no fucking idea when we started because yeah. I feel like I couldn't. It wasn't, it wasn't just me. We had to, we had to both get there. Mm. so what are you guys doing to try to keep continuity between you like before you start writing have you spent some time together establishing the rules of the world and and kind of the key characters and, and key players in it or are you just sort of you know kind of making continuity fixes as you go through and edit each other's work like what's the what's the process there Clayton do you want to maybe start off yeah, I, you know, it was it was a little bit of everything there that you had mentioned. Um, we, like I said, we had started we had started and took about uh, three to four weeks, really putting the world together and the characters and and the, the the plot overall. And then as we as we wrote, yeah, we we adjusted for each other. We adjusted storylines. We adjusted world building. Whatever needed to be kind of corrected as we went. So it was just this kind of uh, puzzle with moving pieces. As we, as we wrote hmm. yeah we had a uh, world building document mm-hmm. uh which we started with which sort of like broke down the magic system explained how it all worked because I, I tend to be very rule-based magic sure. uh, hard magic um and we also we had a little history in there and but we'd add to the world book as we were writing because we both tend to sort of uh, i think research on the fly so as like we discovered new Russian sayings or like, oh, here's a cool Russian word for donuts. We throw them <laughs> into the world building book so that we both had access to it and we could go like, oh, okay, donuts. Like, so now, now some of the, the two different characters are, can use some of the same slang, just kind of helps bind the story into, a, into that one location. Sure. So you have um, Russian words, like actual Russian words in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I think Mike more so than me. Um, a lot of what I used were, were curses. So that <laughs> is fucking Russian. That's the thing. <laughs> so. Russian. Are, are the actual Russian words actually... or have you murdered them like you did with the German? No, no. Uh, we actually got some, <laughs> some Russian help uh, this nice. time. Uh, so they should hopefully be accurate. <laughs> a lot of Russians actually say fuck a lot. <laughs> It's a universal as, as curse opposed, at this as point. Opposed yeah. to, <laughs> as opposed to the Russian version. <laughs> All right, I think um, we're going to pause this discussion here and then maybe do a part two of, of co-writing because I have uh, plenty of other follow-up questions about this. So um, thank you everybody for, for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. Um, our second part of this will come out next week. 
Thanks again to our new patrons, Dylan and John, um, and to our high tier patron, Daniel Henderson. For the rest Thanks. of you, again, if you want to check out Patreon, um, just go to patreon.com forward slash Wizards Warriors Words, link in the show notes. Rob, do you want to mention the thing that we were talking about before? Sure. With the yeah. Uh, so um, at the moment, uh, I have added, is it, is it up now? Yeah, it'll be up now by now. Uh, right. So yeah, there's, there's my short story, The Century Blade, which is uh, a Mortal Techniques short story. Um, it's it's going to be releasing officially in about two months' time, just before my main book. Uh, um, but for now, if you're a Patreon, you can uh, go and read it early and for free. Cool. That's it. So yeah. Oh, and also I should mention we've got uh, Norelaska Groans also on Patreon. The the arc version of that was was uploaded there. So some good perks there if you are a member of our Patreon. Um, so yeah, everyone who's already a member, you've got access to that. And if you're not a member and you want to check it out, there's a link in the show notes. So thank you everybody for listening or watching uh, and we will see you next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.